Hello and welcome to a very special 90 Minute Cynic podcast. Today's podcast is a recording of when we met Tom Boyd um, at Celtic Park just the other week. So sit back, relax and enjoy when the 90 Minute Cynic met Tom Boyd. Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Seven Commencing countdown engines on Three, two, check ignition And may God's love be with you This is ground control to Major Tom One of the first questions we'd like to ask anybody that we interview on the, the cynics is it's just a, it's a really, really important question. I think it's something that does need to be addressed by everyone. What is your favourite type of biscuit and why? <laughs> right, well, my favourite type of biscuit is something I can't enjoy this moment of time. Uh, is because I'm off chocolate for Lent. A week to go. Right, so I, I think it'd be a, one of these ones that uh, I think we're eating on a bench one time uh, at Paisley <laughs> uh, and it'd be yeah, a, a current player uh, Lee Griffiths a turn it's tiki and you love them my, my mother-in-law always gets me a big box for Christmas uh, and they're finished before the new year you practically from over in the shadow well I just uh, yes I do I do and I do remember that I, I think I got my, my wedding cake off them <laughs> uh, all those years ago <laughs> 1991 uh, where uh, I think we got a wee bit of publicity for and. Uh, he wants to donate a, a, a wedding cake for me, so uh, I know. Uh, yes, I'm very, uh, you know, very favourable to a, a little tiny oh. steel cake. So the choice you've given me today, uh, sure. I would have to hand them back to you. Uh, so that. thanks very much for your kind offer. But uh, I think you're minging. I think you've blown the interview already, Keith. To I be think honest. so. Let's just wrap it up. Yeah, finished. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure we can we can deliver something in next week. Okay, for can, can I jump in for a quick couple of words on Stuart Armstrong's hair? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, quiffy like, isn't it? I, I think that's the style. But is that no a young man's thing? You know, I'm not a young man myself anymore, Tom. Uh, well, so yeah, I, exactly. You know, so I'm not on the scene. But I did have a mum at one time. <laughs> uh, if you go back and do your iCab research, not at Celtic. Uh, it was my days, my early days at Motherwell uh, in the early 80s. Uh, and it did go down to my, my shoulders. Uh, well, we call at the bottom, not a macho curl, not a a perm so to speak but just a wee curl I didn't go as far as a, a perm but just a mullet and uh, I don't think my daughter's ever seen me this and uh, <laughs> she, she would probably faint uh, if she ever seen me this well, mullet it just one. so happens we've managed to find that picture oh, <laughs> okay. put it on the supplement you go well, you get down to the mullet in the early 80s 80 what would that be 83, 84 maybe 85 or something like so that it was 82 that you signed with it was uh, 83 I signed professional yeah. terms in mullet uh, and I made my debut in 84 uh, under uh, Bobby Watson uh, was it 8 years that you spent there 8 years was not too bad my, my very final game was the Scottish Cup triumph. That's not bad, that isn't it? It was a, it was a, a great game. Um, you know, it was I'd played in the semi-final uh, against Celtic, get injured in the, the replay yeah. and done my ankle ligaments. And my next game from the semi-final was about five, six weeks away. Yeah. Was a cup final, so I was touch and go. So they rushed you back. They rushed me back. Yes. Well, they could have possibly played me. I think the, the, the week before was against Tech Hearts. I think it was a Tin Castle. Yeah. Uh, but they just uh, they didn't. Uh, I think it was just a bit too soon. So I played a wee closed door game on the Tuesday um, at Fir Park uh, and came through with flying colours from that and felt okay. So I went and played. And the final, my first game for uh, six weeks, and it went to extra time. <laughs> I was raging with Ali Maxwell at the end, and I didn't realise how seriously that. hurt he was. Um, he that to Dan Jackson, that one, didn't Well, I didn't know, he's, he's, was it his spleen was bust or something, you know, with the cha- challenge with John Clark, and, and I thought maybe he should have come off his line a wee bit quicker. Centre-back should have headed the ball away, but... Yeah. 
Um, but I was, I was uh, giving him a bit of verbals, uh, unbeknownst to us, that he probably never collected his medal and went straight to hospital after <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was uh, quite seriously injured. He could have walked that off, really, couldn't he? Um, yeah. What was your, your memories then of the end of the game? And you, did you, you were, of course, captain for the day. Yeah, yeah. With your now famous way of celebrating the one handed lift of the trophy. <laughs> um, you've done that quite a few times since. It's, it's not pre-planned, you know. You know, no. like you see moments like uh, you know now that they'll get some stage for for scoring Aye. goals. Obviously, I, I wasn't a goal scorer, as you probably know. Down, come on to mention, I would imagine sometime this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, in terms of the goal scoring, I can come on to that later on. But uh, no, there was nothing pre-planned. Yeah. You know, just something I felt comfortable with to raise your arms in celebration, and, and obviously raising both hands. You know, just. The one we do and, and, and give it that, you know. So that's the best thing about football. Nothing else. It's just that you sense that euphoria. It just bursts out. You just well, like, yeah. Well, always true emotion coming out and yeah. stuff like. And uh, well, to, to pre-plan things like that means you're going to, you know, think you're going to win. You don't want to be that overconfident and stuff, you know. Exactly. So, uh, but well, another thing was uh, usually it was the strikers for goal celebrations. That didn't happen to me. I was uh, just a natural, which is a raw energy, raw emotions as I did I think with a game at uh, one of the goals, the two goals I scored in, at uh, Celtic Park, uh-huh. sorry at Celtic, uh, none of them at Celtic Park, no? um, one was at Falkirk and it was a time when he'd lost a game, I think a, a couple of games somewhere and Tommy Burns was manager and they told us to celebrate scoring goals as though it was the greatest goal <laughs> ever <laughs> and I don't know, if you, you'll look back, you'll probably get this in, in video notes, but uh, when, it, when it was there, it was a goal at Falkirk and I drove into the byline, fired it across, it came back to me, fired it across the game, went out to the edge of the box uh, and Phil O'Donnell had a shot uh, and uh, I was just to the side of the goals, managed to hit me, I flicked it the right side of my foot, through the legs of somebody, so I don't know if it was just a shot, there was a slight delay, I'm away running celebrating, <laughs> was that boy <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, it was uh, yeah, it was just uh, emotion because there was no reason to, yeah, to 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 pre-plan these kind of things. You know, you're a lot more prolific at Motherwell though. With the, with well, the there, was, there was a reason for that. Uh, there was a spell where I played in midfield for Motherwell uh, for a couple, number of years. Uh-huh. Um, I played as a, a my, my uh, position, my favourite position, my best position. I felt was as a sweeper. Mm-hmm. But they started to do away with that with twin centre backs. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the biggest boy, wasn't the tallest boy, maybe not the best in the air. But I had speed and, and, and I could cover. So yeah. it used to be playing behind the likes of big Graham Forbes at Malone and stuff yeah. like that, you know. Uh, I get injured here at Celtic Park. Mark McGee kicked me, I broke my leg. Uh, it was a stress fracture. And so I was left out for about another eight weeks. But Tommy had bought, uh, I'm not sure who it was, it was either Craig Patterson, he, he bought, or Tom, uh, Tom McCann. So I was moved into midfield mm-hmm. and for a couple number of years there I, I realised I was crap right? so <laughs> uh, that would be the reason why I was a wee bit more prolific for Muddle uh, I do remember scoring a goal that was heading for the corner flag literally heading for the <laughs> corner I think it was against the United right. uh, and it, it deflected uh, as we've seen recently in games but uh, it deflected uh, massively and went in so I, I claimed it that was at the time before the Dubious Goals Committee who right. probably would have taken it off me but uh, not today Costa had one of them yesterday, it was going wide and I think yeah. it massive deflection. Yeah, there was maybe I think, three deflections within the game <laughs> uh, that, that caused the goals, but yeah, uh, I do recall a time though that my best ever goal, uh, apart from that one at Falkirk, was, uh, was at Tannadice, it, it was one that never was. Right. Before we now use video evidence, our, our goal line technology down in England, we don't get it up here, yeah. down in England, I scored a screamer uh, for about 30 yards, I, I struck a, a belter, I don't know if you'll be able to get this. Uh, it hit the, the, the bar and went down behind the line but it's one of the ones that happened so fast uh, with the back spin it comes back out uh, when we seen the, the, the replay and the highlights it was about a good foot behind the line and I was denied <laughs> that opportunity but anyway do you count that though? Is that you count that as one of your goals? I'll count anything as goals <laughs> you know, like, what did I get to at Celtic in 11 years I'm, I'm clutching at straws here but I'll take it uh, I'll say the referee was, was, was cropped that day you know? <laughs> of course the shape of things to come at Celtic, but I want some other story. <laughs> there must have been some determination in that side to get through, because you mentioned that there was the replay against Celtic. Yes. There was also another one against Morton in the, the run up to it. I think Dundee United they just managed to win all their games going up. Were they the favourites? Or? Dundee United were the favourites, yeah. They, they were, I think, above us in the, in the league table yeah. uh, and were on a good run of form as well. 
but we had a good team. We had a mixture of, uh, of experience and youth. Cooper. David Cooper, um, uh, who was playing there, you know, guys like Stevie Kirk, Tom, uh, sorry, uh, Craig Patterson as well, who was uh, a seasoned pro, and the youthfulness of Jim Griffin and uh, Phil O'Donnell, who scored a goal. Started uh, taking away from us now. Uh, so we had a good blend. Uh, unfortunately, I think there was a number of reasons. That was the last time that team ever played together. I, I left, uh, went down to Chelsea, that was my last game. Uh, I think Craig Patterson and uh, Ali Maxwell were almost put out of the game. That was the days before yeah. the Bosman ruling and you know, a club held their registrations. Uh, so Ali Maxwell then went on to play for, I think, Rangers and other teams. But uh, and Craig Patterson just about retired after that, you know, for that reason. So there was, there was, there was a good blend and a good mixture. Uh, and you know a little bit fortuitous at times that semi-final Celtic should have been a bit uh, three or four goals up the half time I do really oblige with scoring on goal as well so I try to help you but I didn't quite work you know, like know. it's a common theme there in the summer of goals I scored isn't it you said that that you'd moved down to Chelsea. Yes. Had that always been an ambition to play in England? I know it wasn't no. quite the Premiership that it is. No, no, the ambition was to try and play for Celtic. Yeah. Uh, I was part of the boys club way back when I was under 15s and 16s. I, my first boys club was Lock and Guild boys club. Uh, they disbanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, formed again shortly after and tried to get me back but I pledged myself to, to Celtic uh, and played at Celtic for a couple of years but wasn't signed as an S form. Uh, so thereafter left, went, had a... a uh, a trial at Motherwell and, and it was Frank Corner that assisted and Jock Wallace was a manager so I signed S form there but my ambition was to try and get back here uh, and try and play at some level here but it did take a wee while I'm, 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 I'm looking back I think there was a little bit of interest but I don't think at that time Billy was in his last season mm-hmm. uh, and, and I don't think they, he would have been able to afford the money that Motherwell wanted for so me I think it went for 708 I think the official time was about 800,000 yeah. so roughly, roughly um, a million if you count the swap deal for Casagarino uh-huh. but that's later on <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah it was uh, it was a bit of that figure and I don't think uh, Billy would have been able to get that figure because obviously shortly after that, at the end of that, that season uh, Wayne Brady took over um, so no it was I was ambition I'd, I'd been at Motherwell for long enough and the main reason why I had to leave Muddle was because of the skin, and, and that's a genuine uh, question. I, I'd signed contracts as a young oh, kid, and only getting small increments of increases. Be still staying with your mother? I had to stay. I still, well, my mother and father in the house. Uh, I was couldn't afford to, to leave. Oh, you paying your paying your digs? Well, of course, yes, <laughs> and uh, uh, well, I couldn't afford digs actually <laughs> at, at that time. So I had to go rent free and, and, and food and, and, and lodging free kind of thing, you know. So. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I couldn't afford, so that's why one of the reasons. But thankfully, at the time, it, it coincided with me starting to you know, really hit a good form, form. I think in the last three or four years, I was starting to play really well yeah. uh, and getting recognitions. And that last season, there was uh, teams that came and talked to me. Most notably, was Nottingham Forest talked to me before the semi final. Um, Brian Clough, he, he was a manager, he was at Fenton, was the assistant, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they came up, or I went down to speak to them before that semi-final, and uh, uh, thankfully I, I, for myself, because Forrest lost in the final to Tottenham, yep. uh, uh, that was a gas coin tackle, yeah. wasn't it? And uh, well, we won the, the final against Dundee United, so it was a nice way, a nice fitting way to leave Motherwell. Yeah. But they were desperate to get the money because it was, if it was I don't know if it was the 800 at that time, but certainly close to it. Uh, for a club at Muddle and what, how they needed the money as well was certainly a, a massive uh, would have been a massive boost to them but I decided to stay um, and so I ended up at Chelsea That would be a fair uh, amount that you would have went for if you were taking it into like nowadays yeah. money that would be an awful it's, quite a fair bit of million to well it would have been at that time yeah about nearly a million quid um, which like 20 oh, I'm trying to think 20, 20 years million ago. you were uh, barely off your time 20, 26 years ago 26 uh, 26 years ago would be uh, aye no I'd done barely come on aye, aye for own goals <laughs> aye for own goals it would be but uh, uh, no that's amazing considering like if Brian Clough's interested in you in Forest at that time I mean it shows you how highly you were rated they did they came and watched me in that quarterfinal against uh, Morton at Greenham uh, they played me remember he was in the stand because I yeah. remember watching the highlights I wasn't told this but I remember watching the highlights and seeing he was in there uh, watching the game uh, and I think it was certainly what we so they had to be chat with me and, and they were wanting to sign me and play me I was playing as left back for Motherwell at that time wanted to play him as a right back because I was a natural right footed player yeah. so he wanted to play him as a right back 
because they had Stuart Pearce as the yeah. left back, so I don't yeah, think we'd yeah, not take his place. Of course, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Like, what did he ever do for? Yeah. But who? But, uh, no, he was. Uh, that was at the moment. So I didn't do that and left at the end of the season signing for Chelsea. It was a very different Chelsea than it is now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think some of the players I was looking after, um, Steve Clark, Paul Elliott, uh, Graham Lusso, Dennis Wise, and Vinnie Jones. There was all. There was all. They were middle of the road at that time, um, and. There was an interesting staff. I went to Chelsea. Was that there was Bobby Campbell was a manager that I was talking to. Mm-hmm. He then resigned at the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> so I must have been a jinx. Ken Bates and the assistant, well, they, 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 they continued to sign me in the process, so they thought I'd be a value asset for the mm-hmm. club. Then Ian Porterfield came in. So I wasn't in as a new signing for Ian Porterfield. I'd be in one of the old ones, so I had to press him. No, exactly. So I wasn't really his man. So I didn't get down there as a position of Strength. being his 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 player, kind of, so to speak, and be favourable. Because in a few games, um, when we weren't doing so well, we changed from a back four to a back three, and, and invariably it'd be me that pulled off. So uh, I, I didn't enjoy that. I mean, but. Uh, I didn't manage to play 20 odd games in the time I was there and my last game was uh, at Anfield a uh, victory against uh, Liverpool for Chelsea so but that was uh, you know shortly after that that week um, you know uh, I think Ian Porterfield pulled me in and says that the Celtic were interested so that was uh, uh, quite thanks. welcome well, uh, there's a train <laughs> <laughs> and that was part of the Tony Cascarino team that was yes uh, thankfully Tony wasn't a dame too well up here um, thanks for that by the way I will do I'll, I'll, I'll I'm forever grateful for him for, for having a howler in that short period that he was here because, well, if he hadn't, I'm sure at this moment in time, what, what, what would be doing? Maybe still down in English football. Uh, no, you maybe I did make the wrong choice because shortly after they formed the Premier League, and that's when the Millions <laughs> came out of the time, so maybe I just timed it off. No, you could have had your own Sky Exactly, yeah. Well, certainly it's a lot different now than what they're on. Do, but do, no, do you think you would have kind of stayed in England if Celtic hadn't come in for you? Would you have tried your well, somewhere else? Or? Yeah, I, I think come back to Scotland, it would be the only club I would have come back to at that time, you know. Um, uh, and obviously, then my, my wages increased dramatically. Uh, and whether ended out with uh, Scotland would have uh, sorry Celtic would have uh, been afforded that and obviously if it, possibly Rangers but uh, I wouldn't have been there <laughs> well, we'd be having this conversation frankly uh, uh, <laughs> before my name's no Judas right? <laughs> before he was there was he down at Chelsea is that right? no no Monstrosian no not a uh, Gordon Jury Jury Gordon Jury you say Judas and there's only one Judas well there's two actually one's the original well it's quite topical this time of year but uh, in fact, I was just uh, reading the master, and it was mentioned. But yes. uh, yeah. uh, but the, the the real Judas was uh, obviously yeah. yeah yeah he should not be named. Yeah. Um, before we talk about your move to Celtic, we just want to touch on your Scotland career. Yeah, you're a Hall of Famer. You played played what seventy two times, three tournaments for yep. Scotland. What's some of your your, your favourite moments representing? Well, make my debut uh, and having an impact in the winning goal right. was uh, against Romania uh, at uh, Hamden and Georgia Hadji playing. Georgia Hadji was playing, and that's who I took the ball off. I didn't take the ball off him. Uh, uh, I think he tried to dummy it. Yeah. I play it through to somebody, and uh, I read the dummy and managed to sprint up the line, got the ball back in. And, uh, but we, we managed to get the winning goal, so that was you know, almost immediate impact. That when I, when I come on, so that was great. That was you know remember that I thought I had a chance of playing from the start mm-hmm. because as Scotland was and probably still is lesser degree now. Uh, there was so many colours uh, for whatever uh, reasons. I think there was about eight to ten colours, uh, so they they called me up. Uh, I think who was the other debutant big Brian Evan that played Aberdeen oh, yeah. he played from the start um, so I played in the strange well it was almost a wing back role but almost a, le- a left sided it was on the left side uh, quite often I played quite more regular I played in the left side for, for Scotland Le- either left wing back or left centre back eventually went back to be in a three in the centre back generally alongside Colin Coldwood and uh, Colin Henry um, but so, so initially it was a left wing back role. you're the archetype for KT you are the original KT yes I yeah, making and Philip Lamb the inverted 
Oh, well, come on, Philip Lamb's not on Tom's level. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, that's, that's close. Well, well PT has probably surpassed me what he's done already, you know, a far younger age yeah. uh, than myself. Uh, so he's got all that ahead of me. I didn't have my debut until about 24, I think, I was 24. Really? So that was a long time. Although I missed out, you see, the three tournaments. I, 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 there was an opportunity to play in the 1990 mm-hmm. uh, World Cup in Italy. Italy. Uh, there was a B International at uh, St. John's, I think, in Denver Park. Uh, and myself and Gary McAllister, I think from Motherwell had played in it, but I just missed out on that one. So it could have been four, but not to be missed out on that one. We've just got at the, the end of the generation that the members Scotland actually go Yes, to yes, aye. But as a generation now of yeah. kids that haven't seen as Scotland by, you know? It's, it's quite sad, it's a, it's a shame. What's your memories of actually going away with the team? Do you remember? The, the, the crowd like the Tartan Army and uh, yeah they're great absolutely fabulous they, and, and certainly enhanced the, the competitions when they were there you know yeah. the, the colourfulness of them the friendliness is, uh, and everybody wanted to be seen getting a photo all the yeah. opposition supporters wanted to be seen getting a photograph taking the guys in kilts yeah. And, yeah. and really having a good time um, you know so that was I think that, that was the start of really the start of uh, you, know, the, the, you know the supporters really getting behind the club coming colourfully as I think Holland started to do then after they uh-huh. were all the strips and all right. that kind of thing, you know. So, but yeah, there were, were great tournaments. Uh, the first tournament away back, uh, obviously, in, uh, was in Sweden, Sweden in '92, and I didn't get a game until the last game. First two games were against uh, Holland and Germany, I believe. Uh, lost in Ireland to both, so the last one was in, uh, against C- uh, Russia, the CIS, CIS as it was yeah. then, uh, and we went three 0 and I got a game in that, and uh, th- hope, thankfully that was, uh, you know, part of a, a winning team. Uh, for for Scotland and a, and a group, but uh, it was it was a you know a wee cameo role towards the end mm-hmm. because I took over from Maurice Malpass, I think it was. Aye. He was a stalwart at that time, great player that he was. Awesome. Uh, so I took over for him, and then the next one was obviously uh, uh, you know go down to Euro '96 and, and and playing against England and uh, that was always a massive one for us. You know, uh, unlucky in that one in that. You know, a couple of things, the, the penalty miss, no. I think, we'd, if there was one team going to win it, it would have been us. At yeah. the end of the game, that game, Gascoigne was coming off, and, mm-hmm. and then he scored that infamous goal. Uh, and then in the game against Switzerland, where at one stage we're through it 1 0, <laughs> England were winning 4 nothing, 10 minutes to go, or less than 10 minutes to go, uh, and Clever. everybody's behind the ball, as we generally did anyway, but that was <laughs> Craig Brown's tactics. Um, uh, and then two minutes later, but he's telling everybody to bomb forward, calling Henry went up front and just everybody. Uh, and I do I remember there was a counter-attack, there was about five uh, Switzerland players coming against <laughs> myself. And I don't know if that very... Uh, and just the defence, but managed to keep it out. But uh, uh, that was just one of the most agonising moments, I think, with, yeah. with qualifying at the latter stages. But unbeknownst that we don't even qualify now for major tournaments. But uh, And then... We bypassed the uh, the first game in France '98. But there seems to be no future for that online. I don't know what you've done. Yes, you've aye. Yes, aye. Yeah. Uh, uh, aye, but uh, it's a lovely game. A World Cup, being there. Brilliant, aye. I do remember, as you say, I think we dressed up in kilts that day, and it was bloody <laughs> roasting. I'll tell you. And and these kilts are no light. You know, yeah. they're heavy things. You know what I mean? They're the proper things. Variation is good, aye. But the weight was sapping the energy. But, but, but we were unlucky in that game uh, for a number of reasons that obviously myself and scoring no goal couldn't do much about it I, I remember it at the cafe getting down the byline cutting it across and Jim Leighton actually come off his goal line for once <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing Jim and I was in shock and I couldn't right? and he was almost point back range and I, I come off my chest and I, I've seen Colin Henry trying to get across and well, I knew he would need chance because Colin never had any pace to get across <laughs> to, to call it this line. Uh, I had blocked the original Ronaldo, the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. well, they knew Colin the fat Ronaldo, but he was, <laughs> he was quality, he was, he was a top class player. Uh, and I blocked him in the edge of the box and tried to fill in an area where I thought the ball was going to come in. And unfortunately, put, uh, put me in the place where, where John Lent came out and uh, deflected off me. So. Uh, that was uh, we were unlucky we got a good bit of credit from that and then the next game against Norway we should have won that game I yep. thought we were a better team and I think like Scotland do we underestimate yep. the the so called well I'm going to say the so called lesser nations Morocco who are Morocco yep. they were actually ranked higher than us yep. in the world at that time uh, so we maybe went out underestimating their ability not 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 
intentionally yeah. but maybe not play with the same intensity as against Norway as, as, yeah. and as always we did um, uh, just expect it to turn up it turns out it didn't matter anyway no result because Norway actually beat result Brazil anyway yeah. because you felt for Morocco who beat us 3-0 and they didn't get through see the, um, the, the kind of one of my kind of highlights of like Euro 96 see the, the draw with Holland yeah that was just one of those games that I watched and I was just like, everyone was like, it was just like the whole team was like in it together and goal clearances and handballs from John Collins. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. Yeah. But, like, yeah, but it was. And, but we had, we, certainly the team had a good team spirit and we did uh, adjust in terms of how we played but, you know, certainly against you know, the bigger nations, we, we, we certainly get everybody behind the ball and we could defend very well. Yeah. And that was a 40 to why we... That was key to why we uh, uh, qualified for major tournaments. We didn't concede goals uh, and we could win games 1-0. We've done that on numerous occasions in the qualifying games uh, and against the likes of Holland there, the quality players and stuff like that, you know, we managed to, to, to nullify their threat. Uh, didn't have too many chances for ourselves within the game, but uh, Holland had a few and when we, we certainly get away with one we, we join on the <laughs> yeah. goal line and playing, you know, <laughs> Basketballers on that, you know. Uh, but yeah, it certainly was a um, it was a, a decent game and, and, and it was a good atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it, it was at Villa Park, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. Um, but uh, you know, to no avail to, to see his qualifying. I know. You know. But at least getting there, that was something like. Yeah. No, we've been unlucky. I think the biggest one was I think Alex McLeish's year, playing against three of the top four teams, the winners, the runners up, and then the fourth place playing yeah. was the UK. UK, yeah. And actually, we should have qualified, but for you know the early part of a mistake against Italy early on, and and again when you look, there was a recently we've just played Macedonia. Was it no Macedonia that we beat? Was it Macedonia beaters? Who beat Georgia. us? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, it was it Georgia beaters. Sorry, it was Georgia that beat us. We beat we beat France twice, uh, and then we go and play Georgia and get beat away from home. Yeah. As as again once again. You know, a slip up not to be expected by Scotland. You know, we're like probably playing against the bigger nations. I think most teams do because then you become the underdogs. You know, there's not as much pressure on you. But that is that just it's so frustrating from a fan's point of view. Obviously, you're, you're kind of part of it and stuff. But like the whole Georgia thing with the last campaign. Yeah. Um, like I was watching it with, with my father, and we looked at each other and we're like, well, we know what's going to happen here. Aye. We just knew. Yeah, and that's that cost us, isn't it? That cost us quali- at least a qualifying spot. Yeah, we would have got in, so um, aye, just really frustrating. It but, is, and uh, as you say, it's a generation now of supporters who haven't you know, got the, uh, the, the joy of going to follow us, get put out in the first qualifying <laughs> round. You know, so, so maybe they're just saying they're saving a bit of time and money and hangers and all that, you know. So, you know. yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm like probably here. I'd rather see us get there, uh, and you know, they're trying their best because it was about fifty teams that qualified for the last competition in the World Cup. There's going to be one that's going to be everyone but us. Just, just going to take. <laughs> well, I've no doubt that we'll start to have a wee bit of form. We'll be England, oh, right? No and finish in second place, but we'll be the second place. It <laughs> doesn't qualify because yeah, there is one second place missing out. But uh, well, so hopefully we do get a, a good bit of form, a good performance and victory against Slovenia. So. Hopefully that will take you on. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop here as well. Only on the Um That was for France 98, yeah. That was for France 98. Now, that score, that score line didn't count because they only finished, I think, bottom of the table. Aye. So had that counted, I don't think we might have qualified. Because we drew them in Monaco, didn't we? Drew we drew them in Monaco. Do you play in that game as well? Aye. I, I, I had the crossbar. Ah, the crossbar again. Your own Because Duncan Ferguson played in that game, didn't he? I think he did. And yeah. He just—it was one of those where we don't always need a striker. We don't oh, see, that was one of the ones I was playing with. Run, and you're talking about that run, and I think that was one of the games. I actually played with broken toes with a couple of spaces for myself taking that, but just got jagged. I played with a broken toe. Jeez. So obviously, so. But does that you now? No, I'm just going to talk. I know it put. Uh, I think Mark, Mark Reaper get finished because that's it was right, a toe injury, right. you know. Yeah. Taking bits off and all that, and then turning it in, turning like a QAT. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, I don't know. Uh, Mark's, I think he's come back for the game, or is he? I don't know he's come back for that. I think he is, yeah, yeah. Just, I, I don't know if he's playing or whether he's just. I've been really see everybody. Yeah. Uh, Who's Tasty? What are you in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How's better? Let me see. I'm, I'm holding it for my 800,000. I'm signing on. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, okay. Go on, we're just going to talk a wee bit more about the trophies that you've won. Yeah, yeah. Move on to your time at Celtic. Yeah. 
So as we were saying that you were only at Chelsea for six months. Yes. Uh, you talked about the, the move up to Celtic. You didn't exactly join the hoops at the most stable of periods. Yeah. Did you have any feelings of regret in the? No, no regret. Head? Just disappointment that we hadn't won of not being able to really compete. Yeah. Uh, we did, and when I joined it first, I think we won a really good run uh, of unbeaten games, and then we lost in the semi-final. I think to Rangers at Hamden. Uh, when it was David Robertson gets sent off, I mean, we pummeled him, but then they lost a goal to, to Alan McCoy, uh, um, but that was, uh, you know, uh, probably a sign of things to come, when we, we, we dominated quite a lot of those games, uh, but, but lost out, but it was, remember not at that time, at the start of it, but uh, the sort of signs of things to come in terms of, the, uh, you know, the problems with the board and all that kind of thing, well, you know, the money was wasn't there to go and sign quality players, you know. Um, and I think a key to that was maybe Liam Brady. Some of the signings, the big money that was spent in these players, mm-hmm. didn't quite kick on like he had hoped to. Yeah. You know, like, uh, Stuart Slater was one. Yeah. Gary Gillespie was a Tony Cascarino, obviously another one. Yeah, big game players, and, and obviously never quite worked on and kind of had the influence that they uh, meant. So. We then went through that period and, uh, of you know, uh, uh, sadness of not having won a trophy. Uh, I, I thought I was coming to Celtic mm-hmm. and it would only be at least maximum maybe a year, no. two years before we'd at least win something. Cup but finals and stuff. Yeah, it took to what, 1995 before we got something. Well, yeah. did that all change, the, the, the feeling that we thought about not being able to win anything? Did that really change when Tommy Barnes joined? Not initially, because obviously the, all the players that were still there, it, it wasn't really until we started, to get, we started to get, you know, obviously, I think the, the signing of Big Pierre, mm-hmm. uh, I think that was the first intention of a that really good quality signing. Yep. I think for a million quid or whatever it was, running about that figure, but maybe more. Um, uh, you know, he was somebody who came in who, who did enhance the team. Yes. Now, previous to that, there was players who come in who, you know, disrespect, but weren't quality signings like yeah. the big Pierre was. Uh, so I think that was a time, and you know, that time, even though we were playing at Hamden, we, <laughs> I was doing a little, uh, what was the game I was doing? Uh, just one of the stats. Uh, some, it was the party Thistle game or yeah. something like that, and Wait. probably one of the last times they beat us was at Hamden. Uh, and uh, in that season at Hamden, we went up here. You can imagine that now we were unbeaten in thirty-nine games mm-hmm. this season, uh, drawn three. We didn't win in eleven games at Hamden. We drew nine in them, I think, or something like that, and lost two. I had a season ticket then. Can you exactly? I know. How depressing would that have been? It was very depressing. Depressing, exactly. <laughs> that, so that's won the Partick Thistle game. Um, I looked at the match report from that recently because it just came to mind. And like again, it was like Celtic completely pummeled them. Yeah. Um, but just well, I think it's uh, Georgie Shaw and Brody Grant or something got the goals or something. Yeah. Like. Peter Grant got a goal or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you remember him, like Pete. Pete. Yeah. So that that was a period. That was that was the, the lowest of the low. But there was hope. Uh, from that obviously the takeover and Fergus had come in mm-hmm. uh, and then we knew we were going to be moving back to, to here to, to Paradise at the end of the season uh, and I think there in the next season Andy Tom came in the close season so it did the things were starting to lift uh, and Tommy coming back in and then I think the influence of Tommy's uh, Tommy's aff- affection for the club and enthusiasm for the club I think that certainly uh, sparked off in us uh, you know because you've seen a difference a massive difference night and day Aye. Uh, you know, you look at the impact that Brendan's had as opposed to what Ronnie had, you know, not quite, in fact I would say probably almost, it was, it was a greater difference, because yeah. we only we managed to have, like, just lose one league game that season as well, uh, and uh, from where we were, uh, it was stunning, so that was just the influence of Tommy getting a couple of better quality players, yeah. uh, but also, you know, the, the impact that Tommy was having, uh, and, and the feeling that all the players knew well look what was going on before yeah. that's been that's done and dusted you know we're, we're starting a fresh we're coming back to Celtic Park yeah. let's go and, and give it a go totally about changing the mindset you talked about how he told you to celebrate every yes. goal if it's, it's about getting that connection with the fans again yeah. get everybody back on side and rejuvenating everything well to, Tommy did obviously he was a, 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 a supporter oh. and had a great connection with the supporters uh, and he would certainly you know, make sure that all the players appreciated that and they'd try and make them turn up to supporters functions mm-hmm. and, and, and do for myself I wouldn't say it's a duty but you, you, you do your turn yeah. uh, and make sure that you go and, uh, and, and attend all these functions because as you say try and keep that 
connection between the set of fans because it's a, the fans are the lifeblood, you know, of, right. of, of fear, and, and you've got to, you know, keep them happy with you know turning up at these things, even when times are bad. Because uh, I did, I think after a couple of when in the semi-finals that we lost or some that, and turning up to support us, fans, and you're right. depressed. But they're going in there and they'll give you a lift up, you know. If they know that you appreciate, give you everything you've got, uh, but also turn up to, you know, uh, to, to give them something back for what they've given you. Uh, I think obviously Tommy yeah. did the right idea, and I don't know if things have changed and we're coming a far more professional club yeah. and an outfit that I think players don't generally attend as many functions as, as that now. So it's maybe a, a generation that's lost now to. Uh, there's certainly, the supporters. A, there's certainly a few that have noticed with the, the foundation the turning up at seven them but like you say it's not as if everybody's taking their turn to, to go but it, it's good to have like, that affinity with the, the players that do that. I, I think for a special club like this I, I, I think it should be something that's written into a contract yep. yeah. you do have to do at least five six appearances throughout the course of the year and I know that you know, we're in a more professional area, we've got sports scientists and all right. that and players have got to look after their body. I, I can understand all that and with the rest, but for turning up for a couple of hours, surely that wouldn't have the impact that I think it's having. But maybe I'm still from the old school, but I'd go and attend all these functions no matter where. Uh, and then come uh, go and play on a Saturday and, and I felt that, that didn't have any impact on me I may be wrong because yeah. times have moved on uh, and things have improved as I know what you, mean. you would think uh, uh, you know behind the scenes now players look after themselves we've still got a long way to go to educate our youngsters and, and the culture that we are living in in terms of uh, the country yeah. uh, still you know the pub culture we've got uh, so we need to change that it's a slow very slow process but we're going about it the right way uh, but you know, going back to you know, obviously you know the players kind of thing, I'd certainly think that they they could maybe do a good bit more in terms of signing all the autographs for all the supporters mm-hmm. outside, and you know for what that would take them half an hour, an hour, or a, or a time after the game. Right. It's, it's and it would it makes one wee little boy or girl, or even you know the big wee boys and girls themselves that. That it would just make somebody happy uh, yeah. so that's why I'll, I'll never refuse a, a, an autograph or a photograph you know? and, all, and obviously this is like you are like one of my footballing heroes and icons and um, obviously these guys yeah. are the same so the fact that you're so you didn't know too much about football then no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's. I, I just think you're a really nice person I mean not I'm not from a footballing perspective but like a person oh right nice okay person. so was that a good footballer <laughs> <laughs> okay no no we'll get to the Good. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, just yeah. for, like you're taking the time just to speak to us. I mean, because yeah. we, you know, we're just a, a bunch of guys who do a podcast just because we love it and we love Celtic, uh-huh. and that's the reason we do it. So, like when you were doing the tour at the start and there was people asking for an autograph to you, it was just, of course. Well, well, like I say, there's, there's a wee kid. Now the wee kids will not know who I am, but the fathers will tell them. We'll see some videos, uh, and they'll see me lifting right. a cup and stop the ten. So. From that point of view, uh, it, it makes somebody happy, even if it makes the father happy. Yeah. They know, or their granny, or their great granny, depending on the generation that's watched it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, from that point of view, it does make somebody happy, and they'll go away with a wee smile on their face. And how, how can you not want to do that? Exactly. Uh, and, and for me, that's well, it's, it's no hassle with me. I was a supporter. I was wanting to get that as a wee kid. I wasn't. Uh, you know, at that time, I mean, all the autograph hunters is what they, you get nowadays. But uh, certainly, in all players uh, who were first team players, you know, if they went by the street and you, you draw and run in and tell your mum that Danny McGrange just <laughs> Danny, Danny's just went by the street in his yeah. car, but you, you've not seen them. Yeah. So if you can get a wee autograph, a photograph of them, how special does that make somebody feel? You know. I think it's funny because we're talking about like the culture of the club and becoming more professional and stuff. Um, obviously, social media has kind of got like a big big part of that so we are, we are quite active on like Twitter I'm going to know because I'm not on that I'm, <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm, not come up, I'm not quite got that with the level of professionalism yet. Oh, you, you don't want to be part of it uh, frankly uh, um, but you know we see we lived through a time well I certainly did live through a time when I remember coming to the uh, point of the seat right now yeah. um, when we beat Rangers 2-0 in the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup and um, Decanio and Malky McCann well I would have been sitting beside you I was suspended at the. Oh, right, okay. Uh, suspended um, or injured, one or two. I do remember it, yeah. That was the wee from Aston in the middle of the yeah, park. Yeah, mm. so, but like, it was just that win was like, like celebrated on that for like two weeks. Now, we are obviously so far ahead of everyone. Do you think sometimes supporters forget where we've came from? There is a generation uh, uh, that, did you say, suffered, you know, for not having won anything for, uh, sorry, the league for 10 years. A trophy for five years. Yeah. You go back though to the fifties, 
and just before Jock's time, I think mm-hmm. it was even yeah. longer period yeah. then. And obviously, there's there'll be great grannies and granddads and stuff and all that these kind of people. Uh, but f- f- for what we are given now, yeah, uh, I, I can't, I'm amazed at sometimes when you hear uh, people doing the phone and say, "What the dog?" and I put the phone on it, and, and they're bored because they don't have competition because they don't know where they've come from. Appreciate for what you've got. I can understand at times some of the football is no great. Uh, look at last year under Ronnie, some it was tortured, but. You know, this season's been a, a, a revelation in terms of how Brendan's been able to produce uh, and, yeah. and get the team playing, and and that's why everybody should celebrate every Single trophy. We'll, we'll, we'll get this figure of ten and off. We don't get there, fine. So what? Uh, we want to get there, but celebrate six, seven, eight, and all those ones to yeah. lead up to it. Every bit as much as you would celebrate a ten, exactly. because it means so much. Because we're, I just maybe because we're appreciative. Of having been a period of not winning a trophy for ten years, uh, that was our generation. We don't remember. I don't remember. I wasn't born the way back in the, in the early years when it was uh, a you know a hell of a lot worse than us. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you've got to certainly appreciate every single trophy that's that's won every and every and every championship because it is won uh, by the, the the standards that we set and we're setting a massive we're setting a, a, an exceptionally high standard this season uh, with the level of performances. Yeah. Do you see any like, parallels from like, this season to don't want to skip over what Vim Janssen did when you, you stopped the team? That was amazing. But what Martin and Neil did? I think you're yeah, closer to season. what Martin done, yeah. Um, but then, you you know, at that time, Rangers were the benchmark, as, as Martin says. Yeah. But we look back and we'll see the outcome of what why they were the benchmark yeah. at times. We, we, we'll, we'll find that out uh, in due course, hopefully, yeah. this season. Um, but at that time we didn't realise these things so you were competing against quality football players yeah. uh, at this moment in time they don't uh, that, you know, Celtic don't have that they have, we have got a massive advantage here uh, so, but you know that, that can fall by its own uh, you know success if you uh, if it doesn't go quite well we're, we're starting to pay greater you know, I would imagine money and uh, we're getting greater revenue in through the Champions League but you're starting to pay out More. in terms of the manager to the, you know, to the manager I've no doubt you're trying to attract better players. Yep. So if we don't ever make the Champions League for a couple of seasons through the qualifiers, which we have to play, then that adds its own weight of pressure, you know. But at this moment in time, we'll just enjoy it. You know, we can afford to you know build a lovely, uh, you know, Celtic way outside here talking about hotel. But I think that's where the, the board are trying to trying to expand it now, isn't it? But more importantly, what we want is a product on the park. We're getting that this season. Uh, through Brendan and quite rightly he's certainly got a new contract so we want to make sure that we get the product right in the park yeah. and you know, it doesn't matter who he's signed it's always a gamble but uh, hopefully Brendan's got a good eye for a pair he's done well so far hasn't he? Yeah but we don't we're not really getting the, the competition at home that we'd be looking for that we had even back in 2001 so we're kind of setting ourselves up to be a European side well, hopefully yeah. that's where we're going to measure ourselves well it is uh, yeah but you know it's still difficult to make sure that you're churning results in. but yeah. with the quality we have in terms of strength and depth yeah. because the squad has been utilised this season uh, without any shadow of doubt um, and all the games and changes and stuff uh, injuries uh, playing without a striker yeah. uh, it's actually benefited in quite a few occasions the amount of goals I scored that's another yeah. story <laughs> uh, and all these yes for certainly that, that's the target I believe that the, the, the main priority it's not about 10 it's about trying to qualify into the Champions League and competing in the Champions League yes. uh, and competing to try and qualify through the group stages uh, that's that's where we want to try and be and I think that's where we want to, uh, Brendan wants to try and be uh, we would hopefully take uh, you know the Qualify as we can with the squad we've got and the quality we've got, and maintain the kind of level of performance we've got. That that would be that would be the dream. Can I can I sorry jump in, yeah. Keith? Um, just on the, the the fact of you know when you know try to stop you know ten in a row and stuff, and they had guys like Gascoigne yeah. and Loudrop, and um, you know these these they had these legitimately not far off world class players, and we had a great squad. There's no doubt about it, but maybe not at their level. Did you ever think there was anything kind of weird about that? No, you just question how they could afford yeah. those kind of players, yeah, um, uh, if you believe you had them, they'd dig you back a lot further than what's happening in the courts just now, Yeah. Uh, in terms of that, but uh, at the time we just thought, okay, well, they can afford them, we'll, we'll go on and we'll play, we'll try our best against them, but it did make a, a difference to a, a, certainly a couple of championships, uh, and, uh, and I look back and, and obviously 
uh, one of the regrets in football that you see you don't have any regrets but looking back is you know the football that Tommy played uh, we, we played under Tommy uh, and you know if he could have just won a championship for Tommy Burns uh, that, that would have been so so special uh, but was it financially induced or, or, or financially don't we um, we don't have the records now I, I think for that to, to, to be proven so um, but you know it's just one of those things we, we now we look back We'll, we'll see the outcome of what happens, uh, and for me, then we'll have a see once that, that comes in. But uh, it was, it was unfortunate what we thought we were playing against a, a, a right top quality team, and, and in the year that we stopped ten in a row, we were still in a transformation. Um, you know, them coming in and changing, mm-hmm. bringing in a number of players. It did take a couple of games before we really started to hit the heights. Yeah. As, you know, we no doubt know that Henry's first pass, but God, and he reminds us of it. But just for the record, Henry, you certainly paid as many times over. Right? <laughs> we'll, we'll never let you forget about that first pass. If I'm reminded about that goal in '98, you're getting remembered about that first pass, and that was '97. Right? It was a year before. Right? So uh, yes, so so from that, you know. The, um, uh, just looked at the, we just thought that they could afford it um, and we just had to uh, try and play that the season we did uh, stop the 10 row there was a hell of a lot of pressure on yeah. both teams and I think that started to tell in certainly quite a few games uh, how you know in terms of either the running I think we drew the Hibs out here 0-0 and it was mm-hmm. I think they were the bottom of the league or something like that thing. Uh, so there was a lot of games like that that just, just felt you know got you especially at the start but we got there thanks to the good guys won yeah. uh, it's great. and the other thing is like um, Got so close, like yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm, this is obviously my opinion, but like they they cheated, and we still almost did it. Yeah, and I think that says a lot about the players, and it says a lot about Tommy Burns and how I think still undervalued as a manager he was. Now yeah. we all love him and thingy, but just such a football mind and such a football. Because in my opinion, and I'm kind of falling over here a bit, but in my opinion, Tommy but football under Tommy Burns is the best we've ever played. We, I, we, I, I, I think, think I think we have well, something great under Brendan here this oh, year. Oh no, of course. You know, in, yeah, in terms of football, but it was good. Teams in the first yeah. minutes. Yeah, different tactics. Then I think I don't think teams quite played defensively as what you did yeah. then. You know, there, there were occasionally a couple of teams playing quite a lot at the back, uh, but the, the, there was more spaces. I felt slightly yeah. then. You know, but anyway. Uh, I think it was maybe a more balanced league as well, and that's why it was probably tougher. Yeah, back yeah. then, and that's when I, when I say it's the best football, but it's just obviously football is subjective to an extent. But uh, well, it was uh, it was Tommy's philosophy and, and how he'd been brought up, uh, probably from uh, you know his young days of probably working under Jockstein and how he was uh, you know listening to Betty Old and how they were, he was told to entertain and entertain, yeah. and we do have a different philosophy of football. Uh, it's not about winning at all costs. We want to win, but want to win in a stylish manner, as the the 67 proved uh, in the European Cup. So we want to play, but play well, and and certainly we're getting that this season. Yeah, unbelievable. Talking about the 2001 season and the the similarities here, we won the treble that year. You played 44 times. It was only Johan Mjalbe, Josvar Varharen and Henrik that played more games than yourself. How demanding was it physically and mentally? to keep that winning well it wasn't really well it, it, it changed towards the end because uh, I think they were doing about the turn of the year just before the, uh, the manager brought the Stan Va- uh, no Stan Va- uh, Ramon Vega yes uh, so I was on the bench for quite a bit so it sounded like so I did goals. come off I did come off uh, the bench in a case. I did score an own goal that, that season uh, <laughs> up at Vendee you keep mentioning own goals but let's let's just point out here the only game we lost when I scored an own goal was the one in, uh, for Scotland <laughs> I scored two own goals for Celtic, right? And one was Pataudry. We went two nothing down. Um oh, and yeah. John Collins scored the oh, three two he scored goal. outside his foot one, built goal. Uh, and then in that game against Indy, and I'm sure that season, uh Didi Agat scored a last minute winner mm-hmm. uh, at Dens Park. Uh, so bailed us out. So I was a catalyst for us. I, I actually <laughs> wanted to give us a wee kick in the backside because we weren't playing well so I said what better way than to fall goal behind <laughs> and then just react to it so that was the reason why I put the ball in the back you're, you're the ultimate football psychologist uh, yes. exactly reverse psychology we weren't playing well come on I'll, I'll put the ball in the back of my head <laughs> listen I didn't score I scored two old goals a lot of people think because I talk about these old goals and maybe high profile games I, I, I didn't score a lot of goals no. 
I think because I scored as many on goals as I did goals, and yeah. uh, it's uh, maybe equalised that. But uh, yeah, uh, going back to in terms of that, you know, it was easy because you're, uh, it's not saying it's easy, but, but you're surrounded by quality players. Yes. If you look at the team and how it was yeah. enhanced, uh, Alan Tomsky, Neil Lennon came in. Henry was there, Chris Sutton, John uh, John Hartson, I think the following season was it. Yep. Uh, so you you boys coming in that were quality. Like uh, you said, with Pierre, the next. Player. They brought them in, so that that's the catalyst that you think. Well, it's far easier to play with quality players than having to struggle with the players we had the way back in nineties and fours, where where you know you weren't much better than the players in front of you, but you know you could rely on somebody to have a bit of brilliance or, or certainly yeah. defensively be solid enough that you know you don't give too much away. And that one goal could win a game. So uh, that's what, what, what Martin got. Martin certainly got money to bring in these quality players uh, and big game players as well, because uh, they did it. Certainly did it in the big games. Do you get any words of advice, or would you even think of try to pass on any advice to Scott Brown as we're going now? We've got the same. So I've got to tell Scott Brown he's won what seven league championships. <laughs> not won a treble. You're he's not won a treble. Oh, you're talk- oh, you're going to talk about yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about uh, two captains that won a treble yourself. And yes, uh, make sure you get a referee who's uh, uh, <laughs> spots handball <laughs> on the goal line. Uh, yeah, which listen, in, in, in a lot of occasions uh, we've not played well in semi finals no. and deserved the loss, but in others it's been taken out of hands. Uh, through you know, that makes a big difference. Dodgy decisions. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a wee bit more uh, not enlightened. That's the wrong word to say, but a wee bit more happier that the process now of the video mm-hmm. uh, referees are yes. now coming in to assist to get the correct decision. Why MD within the refereeing fraternity would ever decide that this isn't a good idea? As they're, 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 they're dinosaurs, I think, or corrupt. You know, to think that they can cover things by not using it. We're still to wait and see, because unfortunately, you know, it was at the France-Spain game yeah. uh, that was used, was and uh, you know that was only like for two or three decisions within the game. They lasted about forty seconds. Unfortunately, I think you would need about forty decisions <laughs> within the, 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 the Scottish refereeing for that just now. Uh, but no, that, 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 for me, that that it can only be a positive to help the referees. Yeah, if it is something that they haven't seen. Which is quite honest and, and honest mistakes. Well, if you haven't seen it, well, go and use a, a video if you can, if it can help you. That's it, it, it just sounds so, Simple. especially nowadays with the amount of cameras at the game. And I know they don't have them at the, the Scottish Second Division. You'll have one camera there. If it can help you, use it. Yeah. You know, and, and for them to say that it's going to add minutes to the game, so what? If it takes that length of time to get the correct decision, I'm sure people will be prepared to wait here if. A championship winning game, five minutes, ten minutes to know that if that goal gets you the chat, you wait any length of time. You watch cup games here, uh, and, and all stadiums, this is, you see people leaving towards the end of the game, see if it's a 0 0, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going into a cup and goes into a re- uh, extra time. Does then they leave? No. No. They'll find the time. You know, so they'll find the time, they'll stay behind. Uh, other things are maybe not as important. Other guys might be getting to the work and that they'll have to go, but for the rest of them, they'll find the time. It's just they want to beat the crowd to get out of the way. So you'll find the time, and if it takes five minutes, ten minutes into the game, so what? As long as you can get that correct decision, I think that's fairness for the game. Yeah. So going for the talking about going for the the, the trail. Ah, you know how do we go to the referee? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, are you confident that we're, we've we've got the squad, we've got the mentality? to get through the semi first of all yeah. because it's really that's the only thing that we've got now for the, the, the rest of the season we seem to be building up towards that again yeah. with the win yesterday against I always, I always hated when we started talking about trebles before uh, we're even in the final of the Scottish Cup uh, but in terms of the process how we're playing we've got the two in the bag yep. right? uh, we're in the semi-finals because you know, the, uh, of the Cup uh, I would like to start talking about them but it's how we've been playing yes and the manner of how that we went through this season so far undefeated that's what's given us the confidence to be able to talk about this uh, and I think it is a target and Brendan's saying that I think he'd rather win the, the treble than stay undefeated in the league campaign through the season you know, trophies in the board it'll be great to be remembered as a team but we'll still be remembered as a team that actually win the league unbeaten I know we may go through a couple of games might lose one uh, but we've won the league being unbeaten and mm-hmm. it's not happened for a, a long long time uh, so the, the, the more important thing is, is winning the trophies you know the more trophies you get to make this club more successful the better 
and obviously there's one at the end of that and I think that's what Benny's won you know, you're judged on how many trophies you win yeah. uh, not many games you win or records you set by, by getting you know, it's, it's, it's where the trophies are at the end of it and, and that's, that's how you're judged you know. that's what people remember the, the special moments yeah, we'll remember that season you know, <sighs> with the great fondness as uh, uh, you know, one a historic one you know, for, for, for obvious reasons um, and you know, hopefully it's not finished well, you've alluded there to the we're talking about the anniversary of uh, the Lisbon Lions, the 50 years. You yourself were made uh, a club ambassador just over a, a year ago with Davy Hay. It has its perks. And I guess you're in the skybox to do an interview here, you know, <laughs> uh, well, everybody else is getting kicked out. You know? <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, in fact, don't tell Peter Lowell because he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a regular subscriber to the yes, Lisbon I'm, I'm sure he'll listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> You're the, one of the a great supporter of the, the foundation. What is that about the foundation that makes you proud to be a Celtic fan? Just the reaction of the fans to where uh, they want this club to go yeah. in terms of you know for where the roots were. Uh, the, the the charitable roots have been re-energised, and there's a hell of a lot of amount of people. I, I'm, uh, you know, people know me as working with the foundation and, and maybe a, a name for that uh, but there's a hell of a lot of people who do far more behind the scenes yeah. Tony Harmon who's his chief executive Jane Maguire uh, uh, to name but a few who do so much more behind the scenes but it wouldn't work without these people that are here Aye. week in week out at the terraces it's, just, it's the nature of Celtic supporters it's why we started as a football club yeah. to help the poorly uh, and now we've expanded that uh, and almost as a, as a club we've become global but we're helping global uh, charities as well we're, you know, we've done Malawi and helping Malawi so many occasions uh, Haiti, Haiti all these different and we can afford to, to give that but it's so through the work of, of the supporters and the generosity of the supporters uh, you know, to have that ethos of, of, of helping others in need uh, so we've started that and it's, and it's, and it's been re-energised and, and it's it's great this year as well because it does help when there's a feel-good factor amongst the yeah, fans. Yeah. And with, you know, this is obviously the ending. Uh, sorry, Martin had it in 2001. This year as well uh, has, has been absolutely fabulous. It seems as though it's a wee bit easier to, to mm-hmm. try and raise the money, yeah. uh, but it's still uh, you know sort of due to you know the, the magnificent efforts from from yourselves and the supporters and everybody here uh, that donates uh, you know money that. Some of them, you know, uh, you know, probably save up for the, the Paradise One fall. They'll rather give it to the, the, the foundation, you know. Yeah, and we saw yesterday with the, the bag collection as well. Um, yeah, we do. Listen, we know, and I, as you say, I think it's you know, in our DNA to say if somebody's in need of help, we'll do that. You know, whether it's a bag collection, whether it's bucket collections, uh, whether it's for uh, appeals or whatever. Brilliant. You know, I think there's there's no club that, that certainly did, you know, is, is more generous giving towards. Uh, what the causes in, in our football club. And you're getting your boots back on for the Henrik's Heroes versus Lobo's Legends? Yes, yeah, so, well, I'm, I'm waiting to announce that when the crowd sell out so that no, <laughs> the, 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 there can be any refunds to <laughs> when I say that I'm putting my boots back on. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm waiting to see who's uh, going to pay me the highest money to come and play. Henrik Lobo, I don't know what team I'm in. So. I was going to ask, did they, did they do numbers? Do you turn your back? Do you pick teams <laughs> that way? Just, just well, I certainly know that the school pro, the, the playground, they'll be picked last. Right? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be there as, 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 as last pick. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. In fact, I've actually got a game at the end of this month uh, over in Ireland. with uh, Is Bray? And Bray, Henrik, uh, Big Pierre... Uh, Reggie Blanker, Joe Miller, uh, Stillin Petrov, uh, Tommy Johnson, Alan Stubbs, uh, Davey Elliott, myself and Brandon Neal, so that's a team, so it's not too bad. So then obviously coming here we've also got guys who uh, adorned the hoops and their legends and uh, for what they've gave to the football club, so uh, I'm, I'm think I'm going to be making that my last ever game, I'm starting right. to feel starting old and joints and... Big, big question, are you yeah. going to score a non-goal? Uh, well, that'd be a hard one. <laughs> I, I, it depends because I, I can't lose. Uh, see, see these t- this time. See when I make a bad pass. Well, will I get cheered because I'll be passing it to one of my own teammates? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So you're passing it to a Celtic player. Exactly. So does that count as being? Uh, that counts as a good pass. So if I scored a goal, an own goal. It's a goal. Get it on the record. I'll be my first goal at Parkhead. <laughs> 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 so we may all be happy with that then. Yeah. Can so. I ask you? Can I? What you're obviously you've been 
you know, one of the great sort of modern day Celtic and Scottish fullbacks. What do you think of our current fullbacks, Lustig and Kentucky? Ah, they've been exceptionally uh, consistent through the years, uh, especially young Kieran, at a young age. Uh, still got a lot to, to, to learn about how to. Uh, the game he's now playing more as a, a in recent games as a wing back, yeah. which is a difficult role for such a young boy to take because he's not quite developed. You know, he's not he's, he's quite at his peak uh, and his fitness. He's still got a couple of years to go with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so for him to play that role, it's a, it's a demanding ask from. But he'll do it uh, as he did for Scotland. Uh, much to myself, you know, I, I play anywhere. I, I did play across the full back four. I played quite regular as a left back. Played quite regular as a right back. But uh, I preferred to be, and I liked it when Martin came. We played the three at the back. And playing as a sweeper role, I like that role. Uh, but you know, Kieran's done that. Michael Lustig as well can play centre back. He's quite tall and that kind of thing. So both of them have, have been outstanding. Uh, we've got competition as well there to, to help them. But I think certainly Kieran's really flourished. With somebody who's so young, you know, I heard Scott Brown the other day they're talking about you know, would it be Stuart Armstrong being following his captain? I, I would certainly give it to Kieran. Yeah, been one of their own. Yeah. You know, been one of their supporters. He's certainly got that. He's got, he knows what it is. Uh, I think in a couple of years' time, uh, he would he would certainly be a candidate for that yeah. because he's earned the respect through his performances of the players just now, uh, and obviously just a little bit more maturity, he'll get that. You know, and I, I'm, I'm sure if he stays around long enough, hopefully, he'll stay around long enough. Yeah, obviously we're as fans and we watch every game, and just to see his development because we were, were actually funnily enough, I think it was last uh, the final match game, yep. um, Ronnie's Ronnie's game. We actually. Um, like we're debating on our podcast, you know, would you put this young boy in? You yeah. know, would you? Yeah, but it's like Waterford ducks back to him. Yeah, Don't these high level games like Scotland playing England. If he gets the call to play at any position, well, I'll be right back. I would imagine. Yeah. I've just got to say, you you are like a, a the original Michael Lustig there. Yeah. Have you got a, you're a hipster of your day? Have you got a secret Instagram account for anything like that? Oh, what? Ago? Aye. I had Instagram, a couple of turn ups in the denims and that's you yeah. no, I, had the mullet, I had the mullet one time so that's <laughs> me as far as I go as I told you about no I, I'm no into social media I don't twitter I don't snapchat uh, I do don't you like facebook beer? do you like craft beer who craft beer craft beer aye uh, well beers are generally quite beers and Just a I'm maybe mailing a little bit I'll maybe take a wee bit of wine there or something <sighs> classy no classy is that an age thing like or something like you're a bit like Pirlo ah, I'm not quite into the reds I'm no nah, Pirlo wishes uh, <laughs> so, uh, but obviously at this moment in time you use a, a, a what is it tempting me because you're saying I keep off the drink as well as well as off the chocolate I keep off the drink it's my uh, detox too. period of <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't be saying that. It's my, my sacrifice for the yes. mighty Lord and, <laughs> and give it that. So uh, I stay off a drink and I stay off chocolate. So I do lose a bit of weight. So it's an ideal time because obviously I've got a couple of games to come up. So <laughs> yeah, good preparation. Uh, well, the charity match is the culmination hopefully yeah. of a fantastic week for Celtic. You're too young to remember the Lions' achievements in '67, but I'm sure you've got to know quite a few of them uh, over the years. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say about them that Betty Old hasn't already said? <laughs> yeah, we should have been down in the tunnel singing <laughs> as we come out. I was actually here, um, I don't remember it, uh, when they came back uh, and done the lap of honour uh, in the truck. Oh, really? I was only, I think I'd be just short of my, my, my second birthday. Ah. Uh, and my father took me and my brother, who I've just spoken to, but he, uh, he'll, uh, he took me, uh, I think we were in the Celtic end, uh, and he just lifted me up at, uh, as, as I've come round. So I don't remember, I was one and a half at the time. So, uh, what, what pieces of advice can you give the players? Uh, they're doing everything correctly just now. Uh, they're, they're, they've been absolutely superb in terms of the team they've got. Um, just continue how you're doing it. And, and the lines. The lines. Good guys. Well, legends. Uh, I've I've got an official title as an ambassador, but these guys were, and for what they gave and what they've done, and they're still doing it. Uh, they were all ambassadors for the book club. Yeah. You know, they've, uh, you know, when you know, a drop of a hat, they would turn up for you know, functions that somebody couldn't maybe turn up to. Uh, they're, they're, they're idols and icons uh, for myself in that point of view, and uh, and I think I think we're all just great full of them actually playing for this football club yeah. because it's something that will be remembered to eternity for, for what they gave that, that fateful day in May. Fantastic. Uh, Tom Boyd, on behalf of the, uh, everyone at Night Minutes Cynic, I'd just love to say how 
proud we are to have people like you within the club still, uh, with everything you achieved with the club, um, and wish you all the best. Hail, hail. With just 11 minutes left, Celtic got the goal they desperately wanted, and it was all down to Tommy Boyd, beating two defenders, crossing from the byline, it comes back to him eventually, O'Donnell has a pop, and Boyd's there to tap it in. 2-1 to Celtic, and just look at the faces of the players. They know the importance of that goal. Just want to say a massive thank you to Tom Boyd um, and to the club for allowing us to record in the stadium on a Sunday. Um, terrific stuff, and uh, there'll be another 90 Minute Cynic podcast this week well, where we preview the Rangers uh, semi-final, Scottish Cup semi-final. So look out for that, and we'll speak to you down the road. Foul.